and welcome to Let's Grow. This is the podcast series that aims to provide you with both clarity and reassurance when navigating your way through your careers and your life. Hosted and created by myself, Hannah Breyer. So thank you so much for coming back and tuning in to the next episode. I'm excited to introduce you to my next guest, Gavin Critchley. Gavin works at SAP within the EMEA North customer office. And I wanted to get Gavin onto this podcast because Gavin and I, during the course of lockdown, really, have had some really random, interesting conversations pretty much about life. (laughs) And the topic of imposter syndrome has come up a few times. And Gavin is really open and honest uh, about his career and how he you know, to date and how he has felt at different stages of his career. And it's something that I really think would help you um, if you are feeling like that. And he's he's very honest about, so, so Gavin is uh, the deputy head within the EMEA North customer office, and he's got a very lengthy career. And I just think it's really refreshing to have somebody that has been successful at work and in his career to be open and just say, you know, I don't want to ruin the podcast for you, but he's just kind of fallen through his career. Nothing was planned. Um, And I think that's refreshing to hear because a lot of the time, I think we look at people and think, God, they've got it all mapped out, haven't they? When actually... Most people don't, and that's completely fine. So I won't ruin the podcast for you, and I'll stop talking now, but this is a really interesting episode, um, and I'm excited for you to listen to it. So without further ado, let's jump into the show. So today, Hannah, I've been paid by SAP to dress up as Obi-Wan Kenobi, and deliver two enablement sessions. Um, This is day three of our enablement sessions. So uh, today's Star Wars theme. Yesterday was The Matrix. Mm -hmm. Uh, The day before, Back to the Future. And tomorrow, I will be donning a homemade cape, which I've got to finish off in the garage tonight. And I'm (laughs) going to be Dr. Stephen Strange, the Sorcerer Supreme, protecting one of our core internal programs from magical and mystical attacks. Just another day, just another day for an SAP mid-tier manager. Well, I mean, that sounds pretty fun. (laughs) They're paying me. They're paying me to do it. No, that sounds great. I think think all teams should be doing um, enablement like that. It sounds... um, Cosplay. Yeah, I think you're exactly right. Every every team should have a cosplay day. I think that this is uh mm. when I'm when I'm running the company, that's exactly what we'll do. <laughs> oh god. No, it sounds great. I think um I think especially, I mean, how long have we been at home for now? Is it two years or so? Two years, yeah, two years. We got I think we all got sent home in the middle of in the middle of March. So we're yeah. just shy of two years. Mm. So yeah, I think anything to um to keep you engaged and um yeah i don't think you'd forget that particular team's call or anything so i think that's really cool it's 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 entertainment more than mm. anything i think that i think what happens is is tot up how how much time you spent on teams or zoom over the past oh, two years yeah and um in some of them where you're not actively engaged the first thing you do is you're you're picking up your phone and two years ago you would have been playing candy crush this year you're playing Wordle, and <laughs> if I can, if I can just stop people from reaching for their phone by um, putting my career on the line to look like Obi Wan Kenobi or a bad um, Surrey provincial amateur dramatics troupe, then yeah, I'm happy to do that. Mm. Well, there we are. And I, I should know the answer to this, but this was your idea, and you brought this to to SAP essentially, right? And you you kicked this off. So what happened was when we kicked off the program, Mm. um, when we kicked off the program last year, um, there needed to be some global training and people were kind of dancing around the handbags about who's going to do the global training. And myself and my uh, wonderful colleague, Tina Foost, we said, we'll do this. 
And the way that we'll do it is by copying Live Aid. Now, you probably weren't born when Live Aid was on, but Live Aid was this big global concert that was run by Bob Geldof in 1985. And what he said was, was I'll bring the bands, everybody else just turn up. Mm. So we said, okay, we'll do that. We'll bring all the talent. We'll bring all the speakers and we'll run it like a rock concert. And so when we did this training back in May, we ran it like a rock concert. Welcome everybody to the first SAP, Next Generation Cloud Delivery Enablement Program. Today, ladies and gentlemen, all the way from Germany, we've got Heiko Mausberg. Give it up. And uh, um, people had genuinely not seen that before. Unusually, could you imagine in SAP, they hadn't seen that kind of commitment and it was all done live. Mm. And we got great feedback. Everyone was like, oh, wow, we've not seen this before. Some people putting it on the line. Mm. And uh, so then when they needed to do some just at the start of the year, they they invited us back. Um, yeah. yeah. And that's so cool. I think that's really cool. cool. It's something different. And I mean, yeah, like like you say, I think it's actually quite worrying how, how much we've all been on teams. And I think, um, yeah, it's something to, to keep people engaged mainly. So I think that's really cool. Yeah, thank you. But, I um we could talk about that for ages, but that's not why Gavin has come onto the podcast. We could do another episode on that. Um, but thank you for for coming on um and taking time out of your day in the evening to to come onto the show. Um so for the listeners, could you just give a very quick introduction of yourself? That would be great. Yeah, of course. Um, so I'm in the SAP EMEA North customer office, and uh, we report into our regional president. The customer office deals with big problems. If we have big problems that our regional president says we need somebody to jump on this. Mm. And so um, my boss is Andy Kite. We've got a team of senior experts, so everyone's pretty wizened within, within our team. So we're not particularly phased by anything. And I've got a small group within that team, which is involved in transformations and um, other big uh, region-wide programs. Um, so I joined SAP about four years ago into that customer office. It's my second time at SAP. Um, when I left university, I went to work for uh, an oil and gas company. They'd just implemented SAP R2. And I went from there into consulting and have been basically at all of the consultancies. I did a one-year stint at SAP in 2006, went into the oil and gas industry, came out, did a bit of contracting and blah, 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 ended up at SAP again. Very, very different from what it was in 2006. So I've got a good mix of a good mix of experience, mm-hmm. but I think um, there's no master plan. So I think that that's my takeaway from how I've got here. There's no yeah. master plan. Nice. Okay. I'm now really interested in what, yeah, I'm trying to think what I was doing in 2006. I think I was in school. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to imagine what SAP was, was like back then, but um, no, thank you for, for that introduction. Um, so for the listeners, uh, well, clearly Gavin and I work at, work at SAP uh, with each other, uh, not in the same team, but at the same company. And um, we started speaking a lot more um, I guess, well, yeah, since being at home, so um, which has been quite nice. So we used to sit um, with our backs to one another, didn't we? It was you, my colleagues, and then you were sat there and we all used to turn around and chat and and whatnot. And um, I think we've had a few conversations um, and I think we've had a handful of conversations and I've been thinking, I really want to get Gavin onto the podcast because we have very, I'd say, interesting conversations um and there was a there was a particular um topic that I think kept on coming up I don't know how we got onto it but here we are um and it was on the topic of imposter syndrome and we were talking about it I think it was a couple of times wasn't it um I actually can't for the life of me remember how but we started talking about this topic and we went off on on many tangents or I did anyway um but there was a time where we'd spoke, I think it was maybe a month or so ago now, 
and we were discussing um, how I think I think you'd mentioned something, and since then I found it quite interesting. I think you were saying that you and just given you give your you've provided a bit of background on your journey. You've went to SAP before, you've come back and you're giving a background on the roles you've had in the past. Something that really stuck with me was that the Gavin that I know and the Gavin that I used to sit with at SAP and talk to now is not the Gavin that you once were when you were working, maybe at SAP in 2006 or when you were working for for a different company. Um, And I don't know why... That kind of, yeah, I, I guess it was a bit of a shock to me. Um, and I don't know if you could explain a little bit yeah. more about that. Yeah. yeah. So I think in life, you're given a few opportunities where you can reinvent yourself. And you, you, there's a sequence of them. Um, so, for example, once you, done your, once you do your GCSEs, if you go to a college of further education, for example, to do your um, to do your A levels, you get the chance to reinvent yourself as you leave that crowd of people and that environment and go to the next one. Mm. I think the big the big one is when you go to university and you arrive in university. And I think a lot of people reinvent themselves when they do that. And I see it with my son. Okay, mm. I see it with with my younger son who. Um, uh, was a pretty quiet, nerdy kid, and he's gone away to university. And the next thing I know, I've got a, a photo of him, and he's dyed his hair pink, and he's talking about getting a tattoo. And you, <laughs> you, you're allowed to reinvent yourself. Then you get it again when you leave university and you join your first company, and that's when you can do the corporate thing and mm. reinvent reinvent yourself again. And I think that. You're allowed to do that when you jump between different jobs. And what I did was I went I went from um, a pretty dull oil and gas job when I was younger, when I'd left university, and went into consulting. And it was a different crowd of people, and it was a different expectation. And... I know that I was very different there. I, when I arrived there, I became, I turned the extrovert button up a little bit. Right. I was still wowed by the, by the competence of people who were in those consultancies, who were um, Russell Group University educated, and I wasn't. And I was like, oh my God, these are super bright, bright people. Mm-hmm. And then I stayed it and then I, you know, did the consulting thing and, and have been in and out of consulting. And I would say that, in my 40s, I was pretty passive and um, people weren't looking me to pick up the leadership baton. And I would look to other people to set me direction and to, to tell me how to do something. Mm. I think with coming to SAP at, at, at this stage in my career and and my age, and I'm uh, 53, so I think I arrived at, I arrived in SAP, you know, kind of late 40s, and it all just seemed to click that I had the the a skill set that was relevant, mm. and I don't know whether it was SAP was kind of transitioning as well, but it kind of felt like the door was open, and um. My time since then has been really good. You know, I'm amazed that people pay me to to allow <laughs> me to do some of this stuff, and no one said anything yet. Kind of, no one's found me out yet. So, no one really. I didn't ask anyone if I could dress up as Obi Wan Kenobi and deliver this enablement. Um, you know, with a Star Wars framing device, I didn't ask anyone, and so far, no one said you're not allowed to do that. So I'm just going to kind of keep it on the QT. So don't tell anyone, Hannah. Okay, let's just keep it between (laughs) me and you. Oh gosh, no, I love that. Um, So something key you said there in saying um, you haven't been found out yet, and I'm I'm taking that because this is something else that we've spoken about before, um, I think for quite a while actually, which is, I think we were going, so if I go back to your point as well on, 
when you're you're at university college and you kind of you've got that, those opportunities I certainly did it when I went to university you do you know you've spent so many you've spent so long with those friends through school and and college and yeah I think it's you kind of look back and I think most people do take the opportunity to not start again but just you know as you say like with your son do a different hairstyle or try to be into something else I think that's normal but um so I think you yeah one thing you said there is that I haven't been found out yet and I think we'd spoken about things before and again I don't remember how we got onto this but we were saying that it's it's something that I certainly have thought about and I think I I shared this with you which is sometimes I I mean I'm early in my career I've worked for SAP for how long six years including my internship so six years of you know work since university there have been moments where I have thought to myself and this is me being open how you know how am I here basically and also that I'm going to be found out now I just want to put out there I'm not doing anything wrong (laughs) I'm doing my job but I think it's interesting because I'm early in my career I don't I think I've probably reinvented myself I guess you know maybe once when I went to went to university or something but because I'm early on in my career I do have these moments where um yeah I feel like I it's, it's a mix actually so sometimes say if I had promotion or progression or you know I've got a house now and things like that I do have moments where I think how am I here and also that I almost don't deserve it and that sounds really awful to say but then I actually have to say to myself well hang on I studied I did my exams I worked I got my internship so yeah, it was just something you said there. One, you've you know you've not been found out yet, and that's that's something that I, yeah, it's a feeling that I think most people have. I agree. I I I absolutely agree. I think I felt it more last year when we did our first round of of, of enablement. We did the um, we did the live aid enablement, and that felt like I was kind of swimming and I couldn't touch the bottom, and uh, there was no roadmap. Nobody had nobody had said, you know, you need to do it this way, Gavin, or you need to get permission from, from somebody to do that. So we went, we just went and did it. And that was that was very definitely um I was thinking, you <laughs> have no idea what you're doing here. And you're kind of bluffing it, you know, you're just kind of making it up as you go along. And people would turn up into meetings and they would say, Okay, Gavin, can you tell us exactly how this live aid style training is going to work and there's no book you know there was no there was no I didn't have a book saying oh to do live aid training this is how you do make sure you get approval and look for the corporate policy live aid training this kind of thing we Mm. were we were literally making it up and that is scary and exciting and if you pull it off then people invite you back to do it. So we got invited back to do it, to do it again. My guess is, is that if you don't pull it off, then people find out pretty quickly and, and the, you know, the deck of, the deck of cards come uh, or tumbles down, but, the, but, okay. But I suspect I don't know. Okay. Let's, let's have the, Let's have this conversation. I look at my career and I, here I am, you know, I'm in the last trimester of my career or whatever it is. And I think, oh, Gav, you know, you've done, you've done all right. Okay, no, no problem at all. But then I compare and contrast to other people's careers who just seem to be flawless. Um, and I think we've had this conversation how you look at, I look at some of my other colleagues that I worked with in the early days of my industry career or when I was just into consulting Mm. and they just seemed to nail it every (laughs) time, you know, they had a fantastic 18 months on a project and then they came out of that and they went into a another fantastic, you know, and then they were like a junior partner by the time they're 30 and they're (laughs) a partner by the time they're 35 and they're managing director of the firm by the time they're 40 and I wonder whether they're bluffing it as well. And every time they're just kind of going through and thinking, I wonder if anyone's going to say you don't actually know what you're talking about. And it turns into that 
Dunning-Kruger effect where people just turn up and pretend they know a lot Mm. about something and in fact they don't. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. I think, you know, I mean, I'm sure... I'm sure people, I mean, including myself, look at you and think, you know, you've gone through working at, you know, the oil and gas place. You've gone to work all these different places, SAP, you're doing this, you're doing that. You're This is your role at SAP. And I'm sure people have looked at you to think, God, he's had it all mapped out and he knew exactly what he was doing. But, you know, not at all. Not (laughs) not at all. And that's the great thing. I I think, I think, I mean, I don't know because I don't, I can't read everyone's minds. That'd be scary. But I think that I'm pretty sure everyone feels like that. And I, I don't know. Do you you think there is someone in this world that doesn't think like that? I just don't know. I think uh maybe <laughs> I, this is the this is the thing if i think i i can i can wind the clock back and there's a few people that i think how did they leave university get that great job in that consultancy knock it out of the ballpark and then they were then they got this fantastic project did this did that retired early and <laughs> um how did all that happen or or do they literally, are they literally in kind of the the, the Critchley Briar uh, career mould where you just fall through it? And, <laughs> and quite often, I, if I look back now, I have fallen through my career with very little planning. Mm. And, and I speculate, Hannah, that those days where you could join a company and you're there for life are few and far between. Mm. I think it's much more of a gig economy now. I think people from from your generation and my younger son's generation don't really expect to be working for the same company for the rest of their lives. And if anything, there's going to be more variety and randomness and chaos applied to people's careers. Mm. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and, and yeah, something you were saying though, it's exactly that is that, I mean, if I, I, I certainly look at people of a similar age to me, um, and think, you know, hang on a minute, how, how have you done that? You know, but it's also a thing. And I think we said this before, you know, you hear it a lot. And I, I do think this is true as well. I think you know, some people say it's not what, you know, it's who, you know, and all that type of thing and being in the right place at at the right time. And, you know, you could hear of an opportunity sat in, you know, a different circle of friends things like that. I think that plays a part in it as well. And if you've got like an open mind and I don't know, things like that, but yeah, it's going back to my other point as well, um, which is there's that side of it, but then there's also the side when I was saying earlier, sometimes I think to myself, how am I here? you know, and then I kind of, I don't do this often. It's probably happened like a handful of times, but I sometimes think, you know, you're the one that sat your exams, Hannah. You're the one that went to school. You're the one that did your interview to get into SAP. So there's this, do you know what I mean? It's like- Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's the low risk thing. It's yeah. the low risk thing. So do it, doing well in your GCSEs showed that you knew you had some kind of plan. You kind of knew that actually I need to tick the box here. Then going to do A levels is another another um, tool that you, that's in your toolbox. Then going to university it's actually part of those foundations for a, for a successful career. And then the intern thing, and then coming back to SAP um, is all is it it. There's not a lot of randomness in there. I think somebody independent would say, actually, Hannah, you are building a pretty sensible, strong corporate career if you want a pretty sensible, strong corporate career. Mm. Um, I think the random the random things start to come into it when um, corporations change their strategies and then you are released unexpectedly. Uh, there are economic downturns. Um, health unexpected health issues mm. or other personal arrangements which which either work really well so you take an extended career break 
or they don't work really well and you take an extended career break because of a different kind of problem. They're the random events, but you know, if you want a if you want a career in in corporate technology, go and do GCSEs, do A levels, go to university, do an internship in a in a corporate IT technology company, and get a job after that. Yeah, That's, it's yeah. But even even hearing you say that, and it's I'm, I'm laughing because it appears that I've done it in that way. <laughs> and well, in fact, it was all just random. Yeah, well, I mean, I went, I did my GCSEs, A levels, went to university, and I, I signed up to do a, a sandwich. Is it called a sandwich course? I think it is when you do the year in industry. And I was like, oh, okay, I need to like apply for, you know, I, why? I don't know why I chose tech firms. Maybe I need to think about. I can't remember why I did that. And um, so, yeah, I was doing it. Nobody was, you know, forcing me. I chose my degree. So I guess, yeah, I think you're right. But at the same time, it, yeah, it's. Um, well, what did you? What were your A levels and what was what was your degree in? Was it was it like American film noir or something <laughs> like that? No, no, no. So I did a business degree um, and I specialised in HR. <laughs> I'm in the perfect job now. Yeah, it sounds yeah. like it's completely planned, but it's um, yeah. I don't know. Maybe there's people listening that know know what I mean. But it's um, yeah. It's just funny. Maybe I did it and wasn't actually subconsciously. I don't know. Yeah, I do. I do look back. Okay, I do look back at some of my, at some of my career choices and decisions, and I do think I shouldn't have done that. So, so I do. Yeah, I do have a. Re, I do have a regret cost, right. and um, I do look back and think if I wouldn't have done that, I would have had a different outcome there, and. Um, not always positive, and and it's a and it's generally good. But there was a big one. So I wasn't. I I worked for a consulting company, a well-known consulting company, which I absolutely adored, and I loved all of the people there. Yeah. And um, uh, I was um seduced into going into industry, and it's one of those things that I look back on and think shouldn't have done that. I should have stayed in consulting mm. and I would have made some of those big career moves in consulting at quite a decent age. Whereas instead I went into industry and kind of my career stalled for about five years. And that's an interesting thing. That's an interesting thing is knowing when your career is stalling. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't make that mistake again. God, that's quite, yeah, no, that's, that's interesting. But would you, I mean, again, this is me being me, but I think everything happens for a reason. So, you know, you're saying you wish you didn't do that because you would have done, you know, gone on to be X, Y, and Z earlier on in your career, et cetera, et cetera. But do you know, well, yeah, can you see a reason? So you making the decision not to do that. Okay. You saw the negative, but what's the positive that's come from that that's led you to, to where you are today? I mean, number one is that you're able to dress up at SOP. <laughs> <laughs> thanks. <laughs> yeah. yeah, thanks. So um uh I look I look back at it, and this is an interesting learning point that people that people should be aware of. Sometimes you'll you'll end up in a in a job, in a really cushy job where you don't have anything to do. Mm. And and every day you are, people aren't giving you anything to do. And you have two options there. You can cruise through it and just take the money and and not say anything. And if that happens, all that you are doing is stagnating. And I look back and I had a period of uh, about a five year period of stagnation where I didn't really learn anything and mm. I didn't develop professionally and I didn't develop personally. And I was rewarded handsomely for it. Um, and in the end, that came that 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 situation stopped. Right. Um, if others are in that situation that are listening to the podcast and they're in a situation where they feel they are not developing 
personally or professionally. And, and you know, we've had two years of lockdown. So, so people probably have had the, the time and the self-awareness to think that. Mm. Do something about it. But don't just sit there being, being bored. You need to do something. You need to challenge yourself. Um, and I yeah. won't make that mistake again. Gosh, yeah, no, that is good advice. Um, yeah, and I think you're right. I think lockdown has allowed people to, um, well, they call it the, um, let me get this right, it's, it's the great resignation, isn't it? I think people have had this time to actually think about, you know, is, is this what I want to do? And like you say, it goes deeper than that. You know, am, am I learning? Have I had my time in in this job? And um, question, did you, that can't have felt nice. I mean, you said there that you were, I'm assuming, rewarding, so paid quite handsomely and, and you had this cushy job. Did that make you feel, I can't imagine that made you feel good about yourself either? It's... Or am I of? I don't know. <laughs> it was. Um, it's only. It's only afterwards that that you look back and you think actually that was the wrong thing to do. When yeah. you're in it, when you're in the situation, and this is why I'm giving the advice. Okay, mm. this is why I'm giving the advice. When you're in that situation and you're getting a a good a good salary and you get a bonus at the end of the year yeah. and you don't really have a lot to do. Um, the, the position that I'm in was a cosmetic position. I didn't have any decisions to make. Um, a different part of the organization was leading the way. I was in my early, late thirties, early forties mm. at a time when that, that's, that's a time when you should be really accelerating, accelerating your career. Did I feel bad about it? Um, no, I didn't. I thought, oh, you know, oh. this is this is kind of this is kind of okay. At the time, I didn't particularly feel bad about it. But now, when I look back, I I think they were wasted years. If you compare what some of your what some of my peers did during mm. those crucial years, um, my peers were accelerating their career mm. and and have 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 ended up in different places. And so, I do have this time where, um, you know, as, as I'm um, figuratively driving along, I look out of the side mirrors, and we've spoken about this, I look out of the side, side mirrors and I see other people and I think, yeah, they really, they really got it together. They really knew what they were doing as their <laughs> career kind of goes through. And I less often look in the rearview mirror and go, Ha ha, you know, I left you behind, soccer kind of thing. I very rarely do that. Mm. Um, I, it's kind of, I, 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 there's a few people who I compare and contrast my career to, and it always seems to be the ones that have done better than me. And <laughs> I don't know whether that's, uh, that sounds quite telling, I think, is that I aspire to some of those, those other, uh, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, I mean, it's going back to what we've all, we've said before, which is, I think that is a normal, I think no matter how successful you are, and again, I'm no, um, I don't know, expert in this, <laughs> but um, I really do think that <clears throat> you compare or one would compare themselves to, you know, to somebody else. I just think that is, I don't know where it's come from. <laughs> I don't know if we've always felt like this. Um, I think it's gotten worse because of um, social media, like a hundred percent, you know, LinkedIn, for example, I think we don't realize it, but you know, you see people going off and doing X, Y, and Z as well as hearing about it. I think it's like seeping into our heads. <laughs> um, Instagram as well. I mean, it doesn't have to necessarily be about a job, but it could be they've done you know, I don't know what it could be, something else or it's bigger and better and that type of thing. So I think it's, um, it'd be interesting to know if it's always been there back in the dark ages, but I think it's gotten worse. Um, but I really do think that um, people who say you and I might look at and be like, God, they've got everything together and they know what they're doing next. You know, maybe they do, but I think they'll also be looking and comparing themselves to someone else. So I just think it's never ending. So I think what you need to find is somebody on your, as a guest for your podcast, who's got a completely stellar career. 
Okay. <laughs> and, and, and say to them, say to them, because you've had some interesting people on your podcast, find somebody who's had a completely stellar career and ask them, you know, do you ever compare yourself to um, that girl in your um, year 11 primary school who was really good at maths? Do you ever kind of think, I wonder where she is now kind of thing and mm. what's she doing? Um, definitely worse, definitely worse because of social media. And um, I do think that LinkedIn is on the on the borders of um, kind of a co- a corporate Facebook. Yeah. So can you remember when Facebook came out and nobody really understood how to use it? And yeah. before you know it, it was it was everything was a here I am in my new car and I'm going to a super restaurant and aren't I successful? And here's my darling wife and the beautiful kids and the, the Labrador <laughs> and we're all and uh, you, I th- I don't think I don't think LinkedIn is there, but you don't see any people putting on LinkedIn, oh, I, I got I got the boot today, or um, I, you know, this, this has gone wrong and I've had a disastrous day. Yeah. I'm just going to think about that, okay, because actually you do get some people on LinkedIn who post very revealing, yes, you insightful do. things about themselves yeah. um, to do mm-hmm. specifically with mental health. Mm. Yeah, and that's good. So I'm gonna I'm 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 being cautious about myself and hopefully reflecting upon that. Yeah. No, as when you were saying that, I did think I, I think even today actually I saw I think I've seen a post um someone saying uh, it, maybe it was a, a while ago. It's definitely during lockdown, basically being open about, you know, I lost my job. Then really? it happened with my family. Yeah, I've, I've seen posts like that. Again, there's more, there's not, I don't see loads of them. There's probably a lot out there that hasn't come through to my feed or something. But I think, um, and this is the other thing, me saying that I have a view, my friends know that social media, that can mean Instagram and fa- all, all of it together is bad. It's not bad if you use it in a positive way. Um, yeah. So I need to be also careful what I say there as well. But um, yeah, I I think that when it comes back to this and and, and this com- comparison um, and always you know thinking someone else is doing better or and all that type of stuff, I do think that these um, platforms or whatever you want to call them, uh, they don't help when when you're feeling in that way. If that makes sense. Yeah. So yeah, I think I I, I speculate that if you start doing the imposter thing at an early at an early age and you get comfortable with it that that could be one of those levers for an accelerated an accelerated career so for me i've only really felt the imposter thing in this relatively late stage within within my career yeah i wonder if if it happens earlier on where you're constantly the one that's going, well, there's there's no map here. No one's told me what to do. I'm using my I'm using my initiative. I'm using my intelligence. I'm using my experience to do something which feels right for this group and this company and this team at the time. Perhaps that's not imposter syndrome. That's inspired leadership. Mm. And um, if you do it at an, an early age, you get that self-confidence to not think that it's imposter syndrome. So, for example, I wonder if there's some young graduates out there young, and young talent who are given permission, you know, they're given enough rope to, to actually do that within an organisation and they knock it out of the ballpark and they end People say, oh, wow, they did that all by themselves. Yeah, they did that all by themselves. No one told them what to do. They just got on and did it. Okay, well, here's the next one. And then here's the next one. And that then builds this feeling of confidence in that person. And it turns into, actually, they're just inspired leaders. They're they're just good at it. They are good at it. Yeah, that's an interesting way to see it, actually. No, that's good. I think you're on to something there, Gavin. <laughs> it's great that I found it in my 50s. I'm really, I'm really <laughs> in a position to be able to benefit from that, Hannah. 
<laughs> well, it's never too late. No, I think, uh, no, that's an interesting way to see it though. Um, no, that is cool. Um, so I, I think time, time is going on. Um, I mean, we could do a, a, a three hour podcast, but, um, we could, we could do a three hour podcast because we've not even started on the YouTube channel. Oh gosh. Yeah. How have I forgotten about that? <laughs> <laughs> We're actually going to have to talk about that Right, so Gavin um, Again, over lockdown um, And through the pandemic Started a YouTube channel In fact, I'm going to let you introduce this I've been watching, but I'll let you do a quick So the YouTube channel Is my retirement plan <laughs> And um, in We always sent home in March Weren't we? March 2020 yeah. And in April, I did this This First, first video. There's actually an interesting Genesis story, but I did this first proper video, piece to camera about riding my motorbike, and um, in my back, in in my mind, I was thinking, you know, wouldn't it be really good if you could somehow marry together a pr- a personal interest and a professional interest? And at that time, by May, we were doing hundreds of hours of Teams meetings. Mm. And I feel pretty comfortable in front of a camera. And it was an opportunity for me to try and marry those two things together. So over the past 20 months, Mm. I think I'm now up to 70 videos of uh, various things, of travel, going through an airport, falling off my motorbike, (laughs) um, doing bits and pieces in the, in the garage, just, um, you know, nothing particularly good. I got a guy to do so a theme tune for me. And in the end, when I retire, I'm going to travel the world and do this video channel. And it's called don't buy the t-shirt. Don't buy the t-shirt It's coming to you today from Portsmouth. And here I'm talking to Hannah Breyer, who's a local resident of Portsmouth. Hannah, what are the three things that we should do? And you'd say, definitely go on the Mary Rose, go to the historic shipyard and go up the uh, Spinnaker Tower. Thanks, Hannah. <laughs> da, 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 da. That kind of thing. Mm. But I'm going to do it all the way around the world. Um, and then luckily enough, what I've managed to do is start to actually guide my professional career with an SAP to be more like my YouTube career. Um, with, and so now, hence, I'm here literally dressed as Obi-Wan Kenobi recording <laughs> this podcast with you. Um, and what I should do is stop and then just go straight and do a YouTube video. I'll do that. I will do a YouTube short just to show and say, hey there, Hannah Bryant. <laughs> I mean, I love it. And I think it's, um, I, I think it's great. And I also, I think I know the answer to this, but do you think you would have done all of this and started a YouTube channel? And then, as you say, bringing that into work, which is great, uh, which benefits, obviously it's enjoyable for you and it's helping um, your colleagues as well and stuff. Do you, do you think you would have done this if it wasn't for uh, the pandemic? Oh gosh, that's a really good, that's a really good um, question. The pandemic gave me time and space to trial and error. Mm. And it it gave me the opportunity to go and learn the editing tools as this as it's done for this podcast. Mm. You, the, the pandemic effectively gave you another block of time where I could go and learn iMovies and I could spend quite self-focused time in front of a camera endlessly repeating lines and trying things. So um, I'd had the idea for a while about how to do it. And I'm still just playing with it. So even though I've done 70 videos, I still feel that I'm just playing at it. But I found my voice now, as I think you found your voice within this podcast. Um, Yeah, Mm. it would be. uh, It's really interesting. It's good for me. It's good for me mentally to be able to do that as an an avenue for my uh, creativity. Yeah. so, yeah. Yeah, no, it's true. And, and I think, yeah, I think you're right there. It's about whether or not we had the, the ideas. Um, I didn't have the idea before the the um, the pandemic, but 
what you were saying there is it was the, the time to like sit there and have, yeah, the time to, to do it. So um, that's how I, I came up with this idea. And also I was just thinking as well, just lastly, and then I will let you go and eat your dinner or whatever you're going to do. <laughs> <laughs> um, imagine if, so turn the clock back, what you were saying at the start, you know, you kind of had that five years where you should have done I guess you could say you were coasting and you, you were comfortable and you were saying, you know, oh, I should have done this and that and the other and gone on to do a more, I don't know what type of job, a higher up job. And you might have ended up being the managing director for a company. I'm just making it up. If you had actually ended up doing that, you might not be able, you might have not have done this is what I'm trying to say. You might not have had the time or thought about doing your YouTube channel and, and you might not, well, you wouldn't have been doing it at SAP. So yeah, I think I think that's an interesting insight in that I'm going to pick up on that comment that, that, that you said before about the Gavin that you see now isn't the Gavin that you would have met four or five years ago. The Gavin that that that's talking on your podcast and who you and who you meet in SAP is very genuine. This is mm-hmm. this is absolutely me. There's there's no show if you were to meet me in SAP or meet me on the street. This is exactly as I am. And if you go onto my YouTube channel, I'm this just in front of the camera. And I speculate that had I gone into a different position and would have had an accelerated career, then there's a good chance that there would have been a lot more bluff and show mm. and um, front than, yeah. there is, than there is at the moment, because that's what you need to be successful I, I perceive that's what you need to be successful at the upper echelons of the industries that I was in at the time, um, like consulting and the oil and gas business. Um, th- yeah. Those businesses uh, reward people that have got a lot of presence and have got a lot of perceived status. Um, mm. Whereas now, I think the way that you and I got talking was just, hey, just chatting and there was there was no particular you know there was no agenda when you you and I caught up we were just chatting and um yeah I think that's the same story within uh that's the same story now uh this is this is me and this is me yeah that, that would be <laughs> oh that's great well thank you um thank you for coming along I love and I always enjoy speaking with you um and yeah, I think this has been hopefully, well, I've enjoyed the conversation with you, but for the listeners, I really do think this will this will help people um, and get them thinking as well. So thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you, Hannah. It was it was uh, delightful to catch up with you. I really enjoy our conversations. And at some point we might actually see each other again in the office, <laughs> but who knows? So thank yeah. you. Yeah, no, that's great. Thank you. So thank you for listening. I really hope that that has provided you with a bit more confidence and reassurance that somebody like Gavin, who has got a very lengthy career, you can go look at his his LinkedIn if you want to, um, has admitted that, you know, and I like the, the way he said it, he's just been falling through his career. So he's just been taking these opportunities as and when they come up. I think it's also refreshing to hear that, it's you know majority of people look at other people to say that they compare themselves basically you know I I really do think that everybody does it and we all we all need to I think take a moment to actually remember that people probably look at us to think, God, how are they, how are they doing that? How has Gavin done this? How has Hannah done that in her career or in her personal life or whatever it is? So it's just this, I see it as this kind of big circle that like of cycle that it's just everyone looks at everyone and and feels this way. Um, and even people right at the very top, they they do it as well. I think it's it's human nature. Um I don't know if that was a good analogy, but hopefully that made sense. Um, I also really liked that Gavin had said that 
the, the point on when you feel like your career is stalling and you're not learning anything anymore, you're not challenged and you can kind of just, you know, get away with doing bare minimum. That is no reason to stay. And this was kind of going off on a little bit of a tangent, but it's all, it's all good stuff, but it's no reason to stay at a, at a company that is really where the time you need to, you need to leave and you need to go and find that next challenge and opportunity for you. Um, so I really did like that, that Gavin was open about that as well. I'm trying to remember what else Gavin said now. Um, but yeah, I think overall, I think it was a really interesting conversation. I hope it's helped you and it's just one of those things that I think I was open on the podcast as well, that sometimes I do think, you know, I use like getting a house as an example. Sometimes I think, how am I, how am I here? How did I get a house? How did I, you know, get this job at this tech firm? And how did like, but at the end, like we need to remember that we have done this ourselves. Like we've worked, we went to school, we've studied hard, we've done internships, if you've done an internship and, you know, you, you've worked your way up when you've returned from, universities and gone into these firms so I think it's all about having a bit more confidence in ourselves and whilst it's really easy to look at stuff on social media and compare yourselves just remember that those people are also doing the same um and I think that one refreshing thing um if we take LinkedIn as what it is a social media professional one is that I have seen that people have started to post a bit more honesty on there and even sometimes through Instagram depending on what kind of things you follow but there is a lot more vulnerability and um I've forgotten completely what I was going to say vulnerability and just realness on there and authenticity. That's the word I'm looking for on some of these platforms and some people post the stuff. And I think that's really refreshing. Um, that provides reassurance to people that also think, God, I thought that person had a perfect life and no one has a perfect life. It's all a load of rubbish. So, um, yeah, I think I've babbled on for longer than the podcast, but I hope it was of some use to you. As I always say, pass the podcast on to somebody else if you feel like it will help them. We're all great in our own ways. We all need to remember that life is just, you know, everyone's trying to figure things out. And whilst it might appear that somebody has it all planned and mapped out, I get guarantee if you ask them, they'll be honest and say that they didn't. Um, so not to say that some people don't, because some people do, and there's no, there's nothing wrong with that. But um, yeah. So um, thank you for listening. And I really hope that you enjoyed the episode. So thank you very much. <laughs>